Welcome to the Spike Feed, your leading Magic the Gathering podcast. What is up? My name is Curtis, and I'm just your typical Spike. On the line with me, celebrating the 4th of July. We are recording this on the 4th of July. My good buddy and producer extraordinaire, uh, Cameron McCoy. Uh, Cameron, how does it feel to be free of the oppression of the British? You know, it's it's great. I'm I'm glad that we finally got there. Yeah, Um, I'm feeling good about it, too. Celebrating with some... You know, getting all the food prepped for tonight. We're grilling, barbecuing. It's going to be good. Nice. Uh, yeah. Hamburgers, hot dogs. What are you doing? Are you going kebabs fancy? tonight? Kebabs. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Multi veggie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let it be noted that Cameron hates America not doing <laughs> burgers. Okay. It's true. Uh, now, look, guys, before we get into it, it's really important. You season your patties before they hit the grill. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, what, I've been what are to we doing here? Is that amateur hour? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I've been to so many... Uh, okay, so first of all, in, in the parlance <laughs> of where I live, a grill, like you go to a grill, grill out when it's hamburgers, hot dogs. Barbecue is mm. a long-term smoke of... That's how it's talked about in, in my fair city. But um, I've been to an alarming amount of these grill outs where people buy the pre-made patties, they don't season them, they hit them hard right over the flame, and so you get a hockey puck mm-hmm. that might be crunchier than the puffy Cheetos on your paper <laughs> plate with it, right? So please don't be that guy. First of all, have a two-heat zone grill. Have a cool side. Season your burgers first. Then cook them cook properly. Please, watch a video. Make your own patties, too. Man, what are we doing? <laughs> the pre-made patties are terrible. Yeah. I mean, maybe somebody can argue with me on this, but I've never had one that I've actually really enjoyed. If they're out there, please let me know. I mean, they make really good Frisbees. That's what I can tell you. <laughs> anyway, Cameron, uh, uh, America aside, we're talking Magic the Gathering. I have played a ton this week. Looks like you have too. Mm-hmm. Um, Explore. Let's start there. What have you been up to? Yeah, so playing Explore. Um, trying some new things. I completely depleted my uh, wild card pool and built a an Omnath deck because I realized Omnath was still legal. And I never really got to experience Omnath in standard for like that brief short time um, when it was legal. Right. So anyway, this is a an Omnath deck that uh, it's the locus of creation. It's the one that has landfall, so you gain life, add five or four mana. You know, it's it's a really, really good card. Um, so you play this, you play Niv-Mizzet, Reborn, and then the one that I'm running as well is Widespread Thieving, which is the enchantment that has the hideaway cost. Um, it's kind of like the fight-rigging mechanic, right, with the hideaway, mm-hmm. only you get to create treasure code uh, tokens anytime you... Um, um, cast a multicolored spell, and then you can pay five and then play whatever you had with Hideaway, which normally is either Niv-Mizzet or Scarab God. So this deck is just all over the place. It's a little bit of control. It's a little bit of mid-range. Um, and you just kind of swing hard with like these absurd draws where like you go Omnath into Niv-Mizzet and then you know deal four damage with an Omnath and... It just keeps on going and going and going. So it's value town all the way. Thoroughly enjoy this deck. It is incredibly fun to play. The mana 
just because triomes are a thing, fetch lands are not a thing, it feels kind of fixed. Like, I, I feel like every time I've played this, and I've played this deck a lot the last three days, um, I've never been hosed with like, oh, I don't have the right combination of colors in order to get to something. By turn five, almost always, I, ha- I'm, I, I can play the Omnath, right? Like, by turn five, I'm almost always able to play like a Lorehold Command or something like that. And so there's just great removal spells with Assassin's Trophy, Tyrant's Scorn, Vanishing Verse. He has some Wraths like Deafening Clarion. Um, and then K Command, which is just great. Like, it's just, like I said, all over the place, but I have had just a great time with this. And I would say that my win rate, rate right now is about like 60% or so. And I think it's just because a lot of people aren't prepared for this because it is putting up results. Like, this deck is, you know, on like MTG Arena, like in like the top 14 or whatever. But I don't think anybody's really prepared for the multiple approaches that I can take to win games. So are you using these uh, faux fetch lands that come into play tapped fetch lands that are, you know what I'm talking about? They're from the yeah. new set, the, the like, they can go get a forest, plains, or mountain, and they instantaneously tap it. Are you playing those as well? I am not. I just have four Fabled Passage and, um, and then, like, a one of, of each color of, like, basic swamp land uh, island you know and that sort of thing just because um if you get too many of those yeah i feel like you're just gonna be sacking to nothing you know so so maybe you said this but you're a noted noted infamous even hater of yorian is this is your version of yorian deck nope it's not i am playing uh jingatha the uh elemental elk or whatever right that um once again, I can't remember. It's like no card in your deck can have more than one mana symbol or something like that. And then um, you can tap it to create, you know, five mana to pay. Uh, anyway, it's, it's it's there. It's kind of fun. But I, like I said, like the mana is fixed. If, if Wasteland existed in this format, like this would just be the worst thing you could possibly be doing. But uh, I've been having a great time with it, a, like a blast. I've been like. Lo- I want to like be playing this right now. Like right now, I want to go and play it. So, Explorer has been your happy place, right? Like you've really it's just been, It's been fun. Yeah. I've won it, some, I've lost some. It's been good. Yeah, I like I said, I I've um I've had that issue with Explorer where I kind of want to spend some time away from some of these cards and I would say currently I'm a much better standard player than I mean, I got up into the diamonds in last standard season. So, or Platinum, whichever one is the higher of those two. But mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of just slowly ground my way up like two matches a day that way. And my standard record, I think, is a lot better, which, of course, impacts my enjoyment of it. But I made a concerted effort this week, Cameron, to play some uh, Explorer. And I saw this list floating around. Um, it is a blue-white Azorius Control deck. Weirdly, though, it plays four Lotus Fields. And you might think, well, what's the combo? There is no combo. That's what's so weird about this. So you play this card, Strict Proctor, which is a two-mana creature that it says when any, it's a one-three, when any permanent enters the battlefield, if that ability, if if that would cause an ability to trigger, that controller has to pay two, okay? So the 
or or you know the ability doesn't trigger so weirdly this shuts down or really slows down things like cat oven mm-hmm. um but like the dream scenario is you play this on turn two uh and then you're able to play a lotus field on turn three have have like other things backed up but then you're like turn four to fairy plus counter magic um, so like those are the the busted things. Now there's a couple of other things you have. You have Tails End, which um, is also weirdly good in this format. You actually snipe a bunch of planeswalkers that way. Um, and then uh, <laughs> discontinuity, which is a card you might have very very greatly forgotten. <coughs> it is a six mana instant that says in the turn. As long as it's your turn, this spell costs four mana less to cast. So if the Lotus Field triggers on the stack, you can instantly end the turn. Though I will tell you, a <laughs> giant chunk of the time, I just use discontinuity as a time walk. It goes to my uh, opponent's turn. I have a bunch of mana up because I have Lotus Fields, and I just go to their upkeep and end the turn. That's fantastic. So <laughs> there are, I mean, horrible draws with this hand, this deck. Like the Lotus Field, Lotus Field, no other lands opener. Um, there are times where it can really hose you, or you have to play the Lotus Field kind of quote unquote honestly. Um, but it's still okay if you're in the game because the end game of untapping a Lotus Field with Teferi just opens up like these weird scenarios where you can counter spell and memory deluge in a turn, <laughs> which just feels really strange, right? Um, but you're also playing Sphinx Rev. I've had some pretty filthy Sphinx's Revs off this too. So you kind of are, are starting to play with some big mana. The problem is getting to that point and <clears throat> obviously aggro decks can kind of get underneath you very quickly. Uh, there are a certain number of people that know what's going on and blow up the Strict Proctor like right away. ASAP, uh, yeah. <laughs> but there have been times where people have not and I've played the Lotus Field, it's triggered, and then they're like, oh... And then they blow up the Strict Proctor. You're like, too late now, my man. Got my money out of it. So um, anyway, it's it's a cool, fun deck. Is it good? No. And the sideboard that I found with it would be, I, I would I would posit to you, is terrible. Mm-hmm. I think Leyline of Sanctity and Explorer is very, very bad right now. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a terrible, I mean, Leyline of Sanctity is you generally not a great top deck. But even if it's in your opener, almost all the Thoughtseize decks have another way of killing you. You're just kind of deadening a few cards, and that's not super great. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Cameron, so let's let's circle up and let's have a little bit of therapy time, okay? Um, you, know, you know I love Cube, right? Yeah, yeah. Chromatic Cube started last week on Arena. And again, I don't want to make this a dance on alchemy's soon to be grave moment. But in the cube are alchemy cards instead of the regular versions of them. So yeah. this is a cube that you're really meant to go into two or three color pairs, and there's very clear themes like green, blue ramp, blue, white blink. Uh, black, uh, blue, steal your opponent's cards out of their deck and stuff, like with Gaunty and Thieving. Um, what's that? What are the, the three mana flying thief? Thief of Sanity. Oh, yeah, Soaring. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, that stuff. So 
it is 4,000 gold, or I don't remember how many gems, but I had enough gold laying around, so I'm like on my fourth or fifth time through it. And there are a lot of cards that threw these Horizon sets I'd forgotten about, like the variant on Eternal Witness, that's the four-mana one that has Eternal Eyes uh, from one of the Modern Horizon sets. Um, fun fact, Cameron, you have that card in play with Sublime Epiphany, you have infinite Sublime Epiphanies. <laughs> Because you copy the, the 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 creature and say uh, and you know copy that as your creature. Sublime Epiphany hits the yard. That thing comes into play. You can pick the Sublime Epiphany back up out of your graveyard. Copy it again. An oh, opponent man. didn't figure this out until I was like four iterations in, which was real nice. <laughs> that's awesome. But that that that's the fun stuff with Cube. Some of the alchemy. And by the way, this is the first time I play with a lot of, al- of these alchemy cards. Some of them are, I would term as, not bad, but a little bizarre. Like, okay, uh, there's one that's three mana. Get a um, land out of your battle or your library, put it into play tapped. And then uh, find a card in your deck. It randomly finds a card in your deck that is the same CMC as the number of lands you have in play. Well, theoretically, this could be a card that you could just play in paper, right? It just wouldn't be random. You would have to select the card. But it's not that far off. But then there are these other cards, and I actually heard LSV on a stream describe the design of some of these cards as, quote, embarrassing, and he's not far off. That Planeswalker with the massive spell book, um, that was the first time that had been resolved on me, and my opponent played it, and it just said, accepting one of Davriel's conditions. And I sat there for like 45 seconds, having no idea what my opponent was reading. So when you're on the receiving end of it, you don't know what your opponent is seeing. And my opponent's clearly reading all these, trying to make a selection. Yeah. And you are just sitting there. Just sitting there. Um, and there, there are card, other... I swear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got angry just thinking about it. <laughs> well, and there's all these other things like... Um, you know, you can... Uh, there's, a, there's a creature that you... Whenever it has flash and ETBs... And then you get a copy of whatever spell is on the stack into your hand. But here's what's confusing, or I should say difficult for me as someone that hasn't played magic uh, or or alchemy. You don't counter the spell. So their spell still resolves. You just get a copy of it. And so it's like, but it's another physical card in your hand that can be discarded and all these other things. So it kind of like just plays with your expectations for what magic is and how it should work. Mm. And... You know, whenever I think of something being created that's my opponent's, I think of it as a token, not something I can discard, get out of the library, get out of my graveyard, etc. And so I was kind of surprised at how much my sense of magic logic butted up against that. Mm -hmm. The last thing I'll mention is, and it did cost me a match, is I played Allrin's Epiphany. How many birds do you get with Allrin's Epiphany, Cameron? Two. Eh, alchemy only if you foretell it if you don't foretell it and i had totally spaced on this just time walk thinking i would get the birds no 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 that's so dumb whatever yeah whatever yeah i mean and i got this close to clicking a seeker's chariot uh for a ramp deck and then i was like oh wait oh wait one cat not two so yeah Anyway, but the cube is good value. And you know what's weird is like, if Alchemy, these cards, they were like, you know what? Instead of us charging you a wild card and creating a new format, if they just said, hey, we're going to do a cube with some uh, some fun one-ofs that are just digital exclusives, 
that we want to just try out, see what you guys think. I think a lot of people be like, yeah, cool. Let's try yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But like now you've created this environment where I will zero never zero percent touch alchemy, zero percent touch historic, and I'm annoyed at how mu- what the damage you've done to the chromatic cube, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. So anyway. I know saying this now is like you will never, ever, ever cube as long as those are in there. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's super frustrating. I if I ever see that whatever planeswalker, I just I'm gonna shut down. Command Q. Well, you know, there's a new card in Alchemy that is a six-sided card, Cameron. So there's six variations that it can transform into. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of feels like the fourth razor on a Gillette razor blade, doesn't it? You're (laughs) just like... (laughs) Okay. If it ain't happening in the first three, maybe it's never going (laughs) to (laughs) happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so that's, that's kind of my week with Magic. Explore good. Chromatic Cube bad. There's only one bit of news before we kind of go on to what else we've been up to this week. Because I know it's a light news week. I have great news, Cameron. New Pioneer Challenger decks have been leaked. And so previously, I think we got Lotus Field. Oh, I got the list right here. Lotus Field, Vehicles, Spirits, and Mono Red. Now we're getting Blue Black Control. um, Green Red Aggro. Uh, white black humans in Phoenix. So, uh, just so you know, I, I'm probably going to be buying some of these old ones. Like the Lotus Field one can now be had on Amazon for like 35 bucks. Nice, yeah. Uh, and these these were very good last time. Um, curious as to what you think, and I mean, maybe Pioneer is is the the format of our dreams, the thing we've been asking for. Yeah. You gonna buy any of these? Uh, what's the, what's the going rate on them? Uh, like sixty bucks? Uh, I be- well, remember, there's no MSRP anymore. Okay. So Watsy can charge what they want. I did not go to a Double Masters preview event this last weekend because it was like an hour away and it was forty dollars for a draft, which maybe isn't that unreasonable. But I was still like, mm. I think I'll stay home and play a Switch game. Um, so they can charge what they want now at my shop right now. The old Challenger decks are 50, and they've been sitting there forever, but you can get them on Amazon for 35, 36. Yeah. So that's kind of a how much do you want to support your local game store kind of situation. So let's say 50 bucks. We don't know what the deck lists are. Uh, if it's 50 bucks, uh, I might buy two or three of these, honestly, just because to get your. I mean, I have my Phoenixes, but like I'm just thinking if, if I wanted to get into Phoenix or a variation thereof. Yeah, get this. Get the green one, red one where, like, especially during the pandemic, if you weren't playing paper and you need things like Questing Beast or the Domery card, I don't even know what's going to be in these, but, like, if they're close to being, like, similar to those, like, I feel like the value is there and it can get you some of the cards that, like I said, you weren't playing maybe as much in paper when they were released initially. So just to put some numbers on it, so, like, for example, the Lotus Field combo deck before had four Lotus Fields in it. Um, and basically a bunch of dual lands to dig through time. Three Fey of Wishes, which was a rare from um, Broken Set. Yep. Uh, the fairy tale set. <laughs> yes. We are so good at this. Um, and, like, the Spirits deck had four Rattle Chain, four Supreme, two Spells Queller. Like, these have been very good values in the past. 
okay? So something to think about, especially if you're looking to start up Pioneer in your area or amongst your play group, mm-hmm. like it would not be a terrible investment to buy a couple, three of these and just go, right? Um, Dude, I can't express to you like how much more excited I am by the very idea of these decks compared to Modern Masters 2 Supreme Turbo Edition. Like, I mean, honestly, like this is just so much more exciting and like, yeah, I would totally buy this. And because it gets you playing that format right away. And I just, and it doesn't feel like it's, um, <laughs> I hate to say, like as predatory as like the Modern Masters stuff sometimes feels where it's just like, you're really just, it's not about the game. It's about the dollar. It seems like at the when it's like those masters packs. Yeah, dude. Like the mono blue spirits deck, according to Goldfish, is like the fourth most best deck, and that gets you like sixty, seventy percent of the way there, right? Mm-hmm. So, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, like the hidden strings deck, I think takes a little bit more. Like you have to drop a whole like twelve dollars on some emergent ultimatums, right? Like. It, it is just really cool how this is all kind of coming together. Um, anyway, the thing that we got to prepare for is the crushing disappointment when they do Pioneer Jumpstart uh, Ultimate Game of the Year Edition, and then r- they put Raghavan or whatever in it. Ugh, so, yeah, yeah. All right, Cameron. So let's get out of the segment. Uh, come back and we'll talk about what else we've been up to this holiday week. All right, Cameron. So, I have no idea what School for Good Mothers book is. Oh, so. it's a book called The School for Good Mothers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what uh, is it? So it, it's a sci-fi dystopian book, and you know when the world is like really frustrating, and like you just feel like there's just no positivity in the world or whatever. Um, I always look to dystopian futures. It really does help me temper. My feelings, thoughts, and all of that. So anyway, this is a sci-fi book. It actually came out this year, uh, and it was on, like, the Goodreads list and just highly rated, um, like, one of the most reviewed books of the time. And it's definitely just catching, like, a zeitgeist moment, I think. Um, So anyway, it's this uh, mother who... Husband is cheating on her. Uh, Like, she's just kind of, like, a professional mom, and she lets her daughter like scab her knee and then the government takes uh the daughter away and then the mom has to go into like a re-education program so it's not good in the sense of like oh it's like a such a good feel good thing but just like the subject matter and the things that it's talking about in the dystopian future um i don't know it, it it's a it's an interesting thought experiment that has elements of something like um a handmaid's tale or 1984, um, just kind of like this larger like government control sort of thing. Um, and yeah, I'm about maybe a third of the way through it and digging it a lot. Um, I don't think it's going to be an amazing book, but um, it's definitely um, one that will elicit some conversation. So my wife and I are both, she's listening to it, I'm reading it, and we'll have a great conversation, you know, once we're both done with it. The McCoy Family Book Club, I like it. Exactly, yeah. I just picture one of your cats with like the glasses at the end of its nose, <laughs> just like pawing its way through a book too. Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, dude, I do want to 
I'm very early, but I do want to at some point have a very long, in-depth conversation with you about the morning show, which I was watching it, and I like had assumed that you had definitely been watching this already. I have not actually. That's one that I've I've missed. Okay, so there is. It does have some very strong ties to like feels like newsroom at times, mm. um, but there's some kind of. I, I it's good and it's very Sorkin esque. I would is how I would put it. I don't know that he's on it or not, but it really feels like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's other things that are, and again, I have a very cursory knowledge of what broadcast news is like. Um, we've certainly been around and know people that have kind of gotten into that business. Uh, and there are moments where you're like, man, I don't know about all that, you know, like, uh, just how they make it work. But it is, it, there does seem to be a lot that parallels good morning America. And then also what happened with Matt Lauer. Mm. So uh, it it is an interesting show. We'll have to talk about it some other time. I want to tell you about the actual game of the year. Cameron, a lot of people have already given this award to Elden Ring. Mm, Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately they're incredibly incorrect. Because there's a game called Neon White. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Been seeing it on all the video game blogs that I follow. It is awesome. I play it. I'm. I got it on Switch. It's only on Switch and PC. Knowing you, I'd recommend uh, PC because mm-hmm. it is like lower resolution, but it runs at a buttery smooth, sixty frames a second. Um, and here's what it is. It is a um, Doom meets Mirror's Edge meets a card game. <laughs> Go <Okay>. on. <laughs> but all the courses are like sub 45 seconds. And as soon as you fail, you can just start it right back up. So they're kind of, you know, maybe trial and error. But it has this really Dreamcast kind of flair to it where ostensibly the background is kind of this anime, you know, demons in heaven, uh, you know, kind of looks like Trigun or something like that, Cowboy Bebop. Um, but this game is bright, bright, bright neon. You speed run through these courses, and basically, when you're in a course, there are uh, demons, and then you have to hit the finish line. So you have to kill every single demon in the level and get to the finish line in a certain amount of time. There are cards laying around, and all the cards basically represent guns. But when you discard them, you get an alternative ability including a double jump, including a bomb, including a zoom forward. And you have these moments of, for lack of a better term, zen, where you finally lock into how to complete a level. And it's just, it. I know there's such a small Venn diagram, people that know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. but it taps into those moments of Portal or Mirror's Edge mm. where it just clicks. It just clicks. Now there's kind of this weird anime story visual novel thing that is on the edges of the game um but i am hopelessly in love with this game in terms of the gameplay yeah i'm downloading it right now so (laughs) (laughs) i mean just watch a video on it and you'll know exactly what i'm talking about it is from just straight up a gameplay perspective one of the strongest most original games i've played in years Hmm. and it is so much fun uh, and challenging on a platforming level. But, um, man, it just feels like a rare like gem from the Dreamcast era when they could play kind of high-speed uh, electronic music, have an anime subtext, and just really focus on 
hey, did you get the best time? You want to improve your time? <laughs> right? There's yeah. no, you know, there's nothing outside of that like intrinsic reward for it. Yeah. Um, and also just to sell you on it more, Cameron, there are a lot of cartoon cats in this game. Okay. So <laughs> I'm gonna just continually pour one out for my uh, um, PS Vita. This sounds like a game that would have been perfect on it. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, like uh, this will be great when I get my uh, Steam Deck now. So yeah. Oh, are you ordering it? I haven't told my wife this, but yes. <laughs> uh, another game that kind of remind me of is Hotline Miami, the first one. Yeah. Where you have to like really get down your pattern of like what you're going to do in a level. Um, but Cameron, when it clicks, dude, whew, that's some strong stuff. It looks awesome. So uh, anyway, Cameron, if someone would like to get a hold of you and talk to you about how to use a, uh, a playing card to double jump, uh, where could they find you? <laughs> That's all on Twitter, at Cameron underscore McCoy. And I am at Curtis Now. Our official show feed is at Spike Feed MPG. We'll check you guys next week.